All right, hello class. Welcome to British 101. All right, so as you all know, we are having Joel Richards this Wednesday at 7 p.m. coming by. Joel Richards, Manchester, England, from Audacious Church. We do not want to miss it. So we have to make sure that we know exactly what he is saying. First and foremost, here in America, we would say trash, they say rubbish. We would say soccer, they say football. For example, you should wear a football or soccer or jersey on Wednesday. Any questions? But sir, I only have a football jersey. Now you're getting it. All right, this one's a little complicated. If you want french fries, you gotta order chips. But if you want chips, you gotta order crisps. But crisps do not mean french fries. Now I know that's a little bit confusing. Anything on that? Um, yes, sir. Um, does pizza still mean pizza? What else would it mean, mate? All right, moving on. If you're gonna... <sighs> Is this British 101? Get in. You're late. Anyways, if you're going to wear a sweater, you put on a jumper. If you're going to wear sneakers, put on trainers. Now, this next portion right here is advanced, so please take notes. If you're going to say yeah or yes, you're going to say oi. Now say it with me. Oi. One more time. Oi. All right, we'll work on it. If you're gonna say, isn't it, you'll say, in it. All right, I know there was a lot. Are there any questions? Um, is that even English? Oh, trust me, it is. Because we might say, water bottle. But across the pond, they're gonna say, bottle bottle. Can you say it again? Bottle bottle. One more time? Bottle bottle. Oh. Now you're getting it. Bridge Youth, how are we feeling tonight? Hey, look at your neighbor. Tell him, whoa, whoa. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell him, you look good. Unless you're in Chargers gear. Unless. You... Hey, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Um, hey, if you're brand new, I met a handful of new people already. Can I just say, one of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. And maybe this is your first time here at our church. Maybe this is your first time ever at church. We like to say you don't have to believe to belong. If you're in the room or watching online, then you are family. Thanks so much for coming and hanging out. We like welcoming our guests in a way <clears throat> that never ever gets old for us, we like welcoming our guests by saying, we are here to build you up, not we love you, we back you. Thanks for coming and hanging out tonight. Hey, it's gonna be a special night. It is going to be an awesome night. We got so much planned for you and I am not gonna be preaching because we have got one of uh, a great, great friend of mine who's come all the way from Manchester to share with you. Um, before I bring him up to preach, I, I really do, I wanna encourage you. I wanna echo what Wyatt was just saying, not in the video when he said, but, what he was saying a few moments ago is, Joel has got a word tonight. Somebody say amen. Hey, if you're ready to receive a word, say amen. Yeah. Joel's got a word tonight. And here's the thing. 
I went and preached for their youth conference in July, and uh, they had this huge youth conference, brought people from all over Europe and the UK, um, churches from Scotland, from places I've never heard of, and I preached for them, um, but Joel preached the first night of the conference, and as Joel was preaching, I, I, I kept thinking to myself, this is the only preacher that I've ever met that is louder than me, more hype than me, and crazier than I am. So I know many of you, somebody over here just said, oh, snap. <laughs> uh, uh, I know, like, you guys are so right when I preach and you, and you respond and everything and you're taking notes. I want to encourage you, don't get distracted. Hold your... <laughs> Hold your pee. I, was, I started laughing because earlier we walked into the bathroom and uh, Joel walked up to the urinal in our office and he said, this is the, this is the smallest, ur how'd you say it? Urinal. <laughs> he called the urinal a urinal. <laughs> they say al aluminum. So we won't have a, we will not have an interpreter tonight. So if you don't understand what he says, wow. just smile, nod your head and say wow. amen. Amen, buddy. <laughs> but. Honestly, exactly what Wyatt was saying. We've not brought Joel here all the way over here for you to miss out. Here's one of the scariest things that could happen. You could be so close and yet miss what God wants to do. So don't miss what God's about to do. I encourage you, if you have your notebook, get it out. Get ready to take notes. If you've got a notes app, put your phone on airplane mode so you're not distracted. Open your notes app. Get ready to write some things down. Because I promise you, for, whether it's for the season you're in now or the season you're getting ready to be in, God has a word for you tonight. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, that means you. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Say, you. I promise you God has a word. If you don't know Jesus, you're going to have an opportunity to meet him before the end of the night. If you don't believe in God, you're getting ready to have an opportunity to put your faith in him. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about ritual. I'm talking about a genuine, real, authentic moment with the living king because he's here. Some of you thought you came so that you could rep your team. Your team is probably just like my team. Hot trash, all right? But boy, the black and silver looks good. Some of you thought you came for the chance to win $100 to, to, to Foot Locker. But Taylor? But Taylor won it already. So God actually has you here for a purpose. So don't miss that purpose. Look at your neighbor say, don't miss it. I'll tell you one more thing about Joel. Um, I'll tell you two more things. As great of a preacher as he is, he is a far, far better husband to his amazing wife, Amy, who's a dear, dear friend of ours as well. Amy is so much cooler than Joel on every single level, and we're all really confused on how he tricked her to marry him, but he figured it out and he made it happen, which is just great. Uh, um, and, and this is a guy who, you guys, Something you have to know about this guy is ministry can be really hard. It can be difficult. It can be tough. And oftentimes you can um, believe the lie that you're in it all alone. And you could feel kind of on an island even though you have a bunch of people that you preach to every week. And Joel and Amy have become such voices of encouragement and comfort to Amber and, Amber and myself. In tough seasons, we get on FaceTime with them. We call. We talk. One of, one of the last nights at, uh, when we were in Manchester, we were just in the car till 2 o'clock in the morning just talking about life and Jesus and ministry. And you guys, 
And so when I say, like, as much as I am your guys' youth pastor, this guy's been praying for you, and he loves you, and he backs you. The other thing I'll say is he is a hollaback preacher. So when he preaches, if you hear something you like, you can say, amen. amen. You can say, that's good. Amen. You can say, let's go. Or maybe you want to say, preach it, British boy. Hey, would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, welcome my friend, Pastor Joe Richards. Come on now, how we doing, Bridge Youth? Let's go. I just got to say, I love the United States of America. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard Bridge Youth aloud. You're not loud. I heard Bridge Youth aloud. I heard you holler back. Okay, okay. I'm from a church where if you like something, Pastor Corey's already said it. You stand up, you holler, you say preach it. So I needed some preach its. Okay, okay. Hang on, hang on. I need some hallelujahs. I need some amens. I need some preacher, white boy. Okay, okay, it's good. Well, before we do anything, I just want to say it's the greatest honor in the world to be here. And uh, I just want to honor your youth pastors. I don't know if you realize this. What you've got ain't normal. We speak to youth ministries all over the place. We go all over UK and we've been to different youth ministries. What you've got here is a move of God. And you have got two men and women of God who love you, who are anointed. Come on, would you be upstanding and thank right now Pastor Corey and Amber. Come on, would you honor them right now? Men and women of God, absolute legends. We love them so much. Okay, take your seats. As Corey said, we're from Manchester, England, and uh, my beautiful wife, Amy, is here. Amy, would you stand up? Come on, give it up for Amy. She's cooler than me. She's better than me. And I'll tell you how I convinced her to marry me. It's only Jesus. Promise you right now, men, if you want to get that girl who you like to marry you, you got to pray, my friends. That's the only way. That's the only way. This is the result of prayer right here, this marriage. Hey, I just want to say our pastors, Pastor Paul and Zoe Reed, they've been here many times. And uh, I promised them that I would say hi from them. They love you so much. They preach at youth. They preach at convention. They preached in main church on Sundays and they love you so much. So we're saying hi from them. Hey, everyone stand to your feet. I'm going to read our key scripture. And we're going to get into this thing. You're going to have to get used to the stand-up, sit-down thing. Audacious preachers have the stand-up, sit-down anointing. You'll be up, down, shake it all around. You'll be lifting your hands. You'll be crying. You'll be shouting. It's what we do. I'm a Pentecostal preacher, and I'm proud of it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you up, down, all around. Okay, write this down. Ephesians. Everyone say Ephesians. Ephesians 6, 10 to 13 says this. This is a key scripture to shape tonight, to shape our message that we're going to hear. Be strong. Everyone say strong. Come on, where's the mighty men of God? Everyone say strong. Come on, where's the mighty women of God? Everyone say strong. That was good. That was a, t- 
the octave higher. I liked it. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle, everyone say struggle. Another version of the Bible translation says battle. Our struggle or our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the dark rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of dark in the world and against the spiritual forces of evil. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. The title of my message, if you're taking notes, you should write this down. Let me encourage you to take notes. Somewhere in the Bible it says, if you take notes, you might sit closer to Jesus in heaven. I was joking, it doesn't say that, it doesn't say that. Write it down. The title of my message is, it's time to get battle ready. Bow your heads, I want to pray right now. Father God, in this moment, would it not be my words, but your words? Would you speak to every young person in this room tonight? Would they know that they have been created on purpose, for a purpose, designed with a plan? Would they know that they can be strong and mighty with the power of God at work in them and through them? And finally, God, right now, we just pray. Would you help the Raiders? Come on, would you help the Raiders? to defeat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Take your seats. Raider Nation, baby. Let's go. Okay, I lost half the room. Pastor Corey paid me to do that. So uh, just blame him. Okay, blame him for that. Let me tell you this before we get any further into my message. We are victorious. That deserved a better response. We are victorious. Let me tell you, if you believe in Jesus, if you're a Christian, that's how we say it in England, Christian. I know it's a bit weird, but we say it like that. We invented the language. If you are a Christian, you're on the winning side. Let me say it. We are not hoping and just praying that Jesus would score a last minute, fourth quarter touchdown against the devil. The devil lost. Jesus won. And we are victorious. And that's important. That's important to know because as we come around this message of becoming battle ready, we need to know that Jesus has already won the victory for us. 1 Corinthians 15 says, thanks be to God. Come on, is anyone thankful? Is anyone thankful for what God's done in their life? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness me, I cannot tell you how thankful I am for Jesus Christ, my Savior. Because at 16 years old, in a room just like this, He saved me and He set me free. Because we are victorious. You need to know Jesus wants you to live in victory. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next year. He wants you to live in victory now. And that's important to understand because when you're preparing for a battle, it changes when you know you're already on the winning side. That changes things because we ain't hoping that we're going to be victorious. We know 
we're going to be victorious. However, it raises a question. When I read the scripture that I read, Ephesians 6, that says, put on the full armor, prepare yourself, get ready. Why do we need to get battle ready if we're already victorious? It's a question that I asked myself as I prepared this message. Well, let me give you two reasons. Everyone say number one. The devil has lost. He's a loser, but he's desperate with the time that he has left to steal background, disrupt lives, and to distract believers. That's his, that's his mission. He's a loser and he's lost, but my goodness me, he tries to distract us. So we got to get battle ready for when the distraction comes. Everyone say number two. Second reason you got to get battle ready is we live in a fallen world. You'll know the story, Adam, Eve, a piece of fruit, snake in Genesis. You read it and then the whole thing goes crazy. We live in a world that is broken and we're surrounded by people that are broken. And because of that, they try to distract us. They try to pull us down. If they don't believe in Jesus, they're on a mission, some of them, to pull us down and away from relationship with God, which is why we have a verse, John 16. Everyone say, John, in this world, you will have trouble. What's another word for trouble? Battles. But take heart. I, Jesus Christ, have overcome the world. In another way of putting it, I've won the victory. My friends, it is time for you to prepare and get ready for a battle. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time. Turn to your other neighbor, your second choice. And just apologize for that, that you didn't pick them first. It's okay, don't worry. There's plenty of other times that you're going to. It's okay. But say to them to get battle ready. I know this is crazy, but I've been in a battle. Right? I know what you're thinking. You don't look like the type, Joel. Your jeans are very tight and short, and you don't look like you've been in the army. I've never been in the army, okay? That's not the kind of battle I'm talking about. My friends, when I was 17 years old, I was in a battle, and it was called a paintball battle. Hands up if you've ever been paintballing in this place. Okay, a few of you, a few of you. Pretty much the idea of paintball is you get it split into two teams. You go with your friends, you go with your mates. But for two hours, the two teams are no longer friends and mates. They are the enemy. And we're out there paintballing. We're in the middle of the British woods. It's like a forest out there, my friend. It is like woodland. It's like Robin Hood. It's crazy. And we're in the woodland, we're in the forest, and we're playing this paintball game. And my goodness me, it's fierce. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? It is fierce. It's the revolution battle, breadcoats versus the United States. You know what I'm saying? It's fierce. Yeah, you won. We get it. This battle is fierce. And it's getting to the end of this battle and it's, you know, you're shooting it out for two hours with these paintball guns. It's going crazy. And it's coming to the end and I'm sneaking through the woods, running through the forest. And I see in the distance a beautiful sight. It's my friend. And my friend is lying on the floor, taking a moment, taking a break from the battle because he thinks it's over. He thinks, you know, we've got two minutes left. Then they're going to call the, the buzzer noise. We all go home, job done. And he's lying there face down in like this bush. And then he's got the gun to the right of him. He's unarmed. He's, he's, he's ready. And I look at my friend lying there on the floor and I think, okay, I have an option here. Do I be a good friend? And do I just ignore it? Or do I treat him like the enemy? 
And in that moment, my friends, I'm proud to say that I treated him like the enemy. So I'm like sneaking through the woods. I'm like, I'm like jumping through bushes. I'm hiding behind trees. I'm doing it. I'm doing SAS commando rolls. I'm going crazy in this place to get close to my friend. And I sneak closer and closer and closer. And he does not notice that I'm there. And I'm thinking, Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. And he's lying there face down, gun to the side. He's not ready for what's about to happen to him. And I pray and I go, God, forgive me for what I'm about to do. And I take aim and uh, I do what only any good person would do in this moment. I shoot him in his right bum cheek. (laughs) Reload that sucker. And I shoot him in his left bum cheek. And then as he screams and runs, screaming through the woods, I just unload the rest of my paintballs at his back. We finished that and he had to go to hospital. No, I'm joking. He was fine. He was, he was okay. We were still friends. Do you know what I learned in that moment is that the enemy will sneak up on you and attack when you least expect it. Just like my friend was lying there, he wasn't prepared. He thought the battle was over. He thought, okay, I am victorious. We are victorious. I'm sure I can just lay down and I'll be fine. And I learned in that moment that when we're lying there, when we are at our most vulnerable, when we are not prepared, the enemy will sneak up and he will attack. And I ain't talking about me with a paintball gun, my friends. I'm talking about the enemy who's trying to distract you, who's trying to pull you down, who's trying to tell you you are not enough. He sneaks in and attacks when you least expected. Often the biggest battles we will face will arrive when we least expect them. 1 Peter 5 says, be on your guard and stay awake. Your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion sneaking around to find someone to attack. See, we find a story in the Old Testament of a guy called King Jehoshaphat, and he faces A situation just like this. There is a sneak attack from the enemy and a battle is on his doorstep. And he has a choice. How am I going to prepare for the battle? The enemy attacks when you least expect it. And we're going to work our way through this story tonight. Does that sound good? Are you ready to learn some lessons on how to get battle ready? Two Chronicles, or sorry, as you would say, second Chronicles. We would say two, but it's okay. 21 to two. We're going to work our way through this story. Everyone say sometime. Now everybody say it sometime. Sometime later, the Moabites, the Ammonites, accompanied by the Midianites, joined forces to make war on Jehoshaphat. Everyone say Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat received this intelligence report. A huge force is is on its way from beyond the Dead Sea to fight you. There's no time to waste. They're already at En Gedi. To you, En Gedi means nothing, but to Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, it would have meant everything. Because Engedi was on his doorstep. I think we've got a map that's going to come up on the screen. 
There it is. You can see it there. King Jehoshaphat is in Jerusalem. He's in his, in his fortress. He's there. He's just woken up to this news. The enemy is already at En Gedi. And it would have rattled in his ears. The enemy has snuck up without me even realizing. They're on the doorstep. Jehoshaphat didn't see this coming. A sneak attack at a time of peace and prosperity. See, Jehoshaphat was living the dream. Everything was going so well for him. The land was in a time of peace. He was living the dream as a king. Everything was so good. Everything was so great. But then suddenly, the enemy had snuck up on him and he faced a battle. Just as everything was going so well, he got a bad report. Who can relate to that? In your life, I can. When everything's going so well, and then suddenly something happened at school that shakes you. Suddenly your friends ask you about your faith and you're shaken, or they start to say, you can't believe that anymore. Or maybe you're at home and everything's going so well, but then there's that family dynamic and it's a breakdown between you and your siblings, or you and a parent, or you and a friend. Everything's going so well, but something shakes you. The enemy sneaks on in. Maybe it's in your health. You're living the dream. Everything's going so well. And then you get told a doctor's report about your health. Maybe it's your mental health. Everything's going so well, but you just get these thoughts that sneak into your brain and you're like, I don't want to feel like this, but the enemy just manages to sneak in. The enemy was on his doorstep. And we read in 2 Chronicles 20 to 3, The first word of that sentence, the first word that defines how Jehoshaphat was feeling, shaken. He was shaken. He was scared. He was fearful. He was feeling it. The reality that the battle was coming had sunk in and he was shaken. So how did he respond to a battle on his doorstep? How does he deal with it? How does he respond? You see, how you respond and prepare in moments like these will define the landscape of your future. It will define how your future looks when you respond, when there's a battle on your doorstep. So what does he do? Does he gather his army? Surely that makes sense, gather the army, get everything going. Does he hit the gym just to get some last minute press-ups in before he goes out to war? Does he post about it on social media about how hard his life is and say, life's so difficult, Woe is me. Someone give me a pity party and put some emoji sad faces. Does he choose that route? Shaken, scared, fearful, recognizing a real situation that was coming. Shaken, it says Jehoshaphat prayed. Jehoshaphat prayed. He went to God for help and ordered a nationwide fast. You see, if you're going to get battle ready, if you're going to live a life of victory, if you're going to stand up to the enemy, if you're going to prepare for a battle that's coming, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to pray. I don't care what social media says you should do. I don't care what your friends say you should do. I don't care what your teachers say you should do. If you're going to get battle ready, if you're going to live in victory, if you're going to walk into your next season with confidence, you've got to pray. 
shaken, Jehoshaphat prayed. Point one. Everyone write this down. Point one. If you're going to get battle ready, if you're going to prepare for a battle you're going to face, you've got to pray. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will. Come on now. Do you love that we serve a God that's not a maybe God? Now, come on now. We serve a God who's not a maybe God. He might come through. He might not come through. He will. Throughout the entirety of the Bible is stories about a God who will come through. Not maybe come through. Not might come through. He will come through. Some of you need to know it. You're facing a situation and it's impossible. And people have said to you, it's impossible. You can't do that. You can't be like that. You can't overcome that. Well, my friends, I'm telling you, you might not be able to in your own strength, but we don't do it in our own strength. Come on, we do it with a power that is greater and higher with the power of God at work in us and through us. My friends, if you want to get battle ready, you better pray. Jehoshaphat wasn't going to be able to do this in his own strength, and his own understanding. He needed to bring God into the picture. When the battle is on your doorstep, when it's at your door, you've got to turn and you've got to knock on heaven's door. You've got to turn away from the situation, not acknowledging it for a moment and go, God, I need you. I can't do this. I can't prepare for this. I can't overcome this, but I know you can. So God, would you help me in this? Prayer is our direct line to God. It stirs faith and it centers our minds, heart and spirit with God. Here's a question for you. What is your natural response when you are shaken and scared? What do you do? Ice cream. What do you do when it's impossible? What do you do when you're facing something that just, it makes you feel scared and you can't do it? Because my friends, let me tell you, I've tried a lot of things. I've tried to fill the gap. I've tried the ice cream. I've tried different things. I've tried different relationships. And the only thing that has ever got me through a battle is when I go to God with it. And the only way you can go to God with it is by praying. If you're going to get battle ready, you've got to Pray. Turn to the person next to you and say, pray. Turn to your second choice again and say, pray. Let me tell you this story quickly. We were, uh, we've been doing youth ministry for the last year, and it's been absolutely incredible. And we've seen so many incredible things. Life was good. Just like Jehoshaphat, life was good. And then the enemy snuck in, a situation snuck in, and Amy's dad was diagnosed with cancer. It was real. It was scary. It was a situation that when, it, when we heard it, we were shaken and it hurt. And we didn't understand why God, why God. And we wanted to deal with it in our own ability. We wanted to eat the ice cream. We wanted to cry and have a pity party. We wanted to post on social media saying, it's not fair. But we made a choice. We made a choice. The only way we're going to get through this is by prayer. So we started praying and praying and praying and praying. And we prayed for healing. We prayed for breakthrough. We prayed for God to be at work in this situation. We prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And then one day, Amy's dad 
comes to church on a Sunday and he responds to a message and we lay hands on him and we pray for him. The next week he goes to the doctors to get a report about the chemotherapy he's going to have to start and all the drugs he's going to have to go on. And they test him and they go, we can't make sense of it. It doesn't make sense in the natural. It doesn't make sense in our own understanding. The doctors didn't get it. But Doug, that's his name. Doug, the cancer ain't there. The cancer ain't there. You see, in our own ability, in our own understanding, it seemed impossible, but we turned. We knocked on heaven's door and we said, God, you're going to have to do something about this situation. And now we're standing on the other side of a miracle. Because in the midst of a battle, the first thing we did is we prayed. The first response you're going to have when you're going through something is prayer. Let's continue in this story. Let me just say, actually, really quickly. I wrote this down. I was, I was on my own. Prayer does change everything. I need you to know that. Prayer has the ability to change anxiety to peace. That's important. I reckon there's some people in this room and you have anxious thoughts. Prayer has the ability to change it. I don't care what's been spoken over you. Prayer has the ability to take you from the darkest place to a place of freedom and light. Anxiety, gone and replaced with peace. Fear to faith, prayer can do that. Pain to joy, prayer can do that. Worry to confidence, prayer can do that. First step is pray. 2 Chronicles 24 to 5, we're continuing this story. The country of Judah, united in seeking God's help. They came together. Everyone say together. They came together to pray to God. Then Jehoshaphat took position before the assembled people at the temple of God and he prayed. Point number two, if you're going to get battle ready, is you've got to gather your people. You've got to gather your people. Let me ask, who's standing with you? Who's praying with you? Who's got your back? My friends, it's why Bridge Youth is so important. Because in the midst of a battle, you can come down on a Wednesday and a Sunday for Connect Group and you can gather with your people and you cannot do it alone. Jehoshaphat, in the midst of a battle, what did he do? He gathered the country of Judah and they united and they prayed. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. Our pastor says that all the time. You show me your friends. You show me who you're hanging out with. And I will show you your future. Historians and scholars believe that Jehoshaphat was betrayed by one of his allies and friends. They let the enemy into the land of Judah. Put the map back up real quickly for me. Let me see the map. It's going to come back on screen, I think. You'll see on the map when it comes up. There's a red line. That red line is the enemy force. And you'll see that it crosses a pa- over a white line. You see that white line there? That was one of his allies. That was Jehoshaphat's friends. That was someone who supposedly had his back and was for him. But in a moment, when the enemy came, they said, yeah, you just go straight on into Jehoshaphat. I reckon some of the biggest battles you're facing in your life is because of the people you hang out with. You've been saying that? 
I reckon that some of the battles you're going through, some of the difficulties you're facing, some of the stuff that's coming against you, you're going, God, why is this happening? And he's going, check your friendship group. Check the people you call friends. Because I promise you, if they ain't your friends, they're a doorway to the enemy. Some of the guys you hang around with at school are bad news. Stop it. Some of the people that you're hanging out with, you're thinking these guys are good for me. And they're just going, it's a doorway to the enemy into your life. Some of the greatest battles you are facing at school and in your life because of the people you hang around with. Show me your friends. Show me who you're hanging out with. Show me who you're gathering with in a moment of a battle and I will show you your future. You've got to gather your people who's speaking into your life, who's influencing your life, who's standing with you when the enemy attacks. 2 Chronicles 26 to 7, we're working our way through this story. I think the band should join me because I think we're going to get going. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm just checking. I didn't know if it was like, it's not my, you know what I mean? You've got you to go with it. Don't say you can do whatever you want. We'll be here till two o'clock in the morning. Two Chronicles. Everyone say two. Everyone say Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Let's go through this. Lord, God of our ancestors. This is Jehoshaphat speaking. He stood up with his people. Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and who gave it forever to your descendants of Abraham, your friend? We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Number three, if you're going to get battle ready, is you've got to proclaim. That's an old-fashioned word. It's a big word, but it means you've got to speak out. You've got to declare the goodness of God over your life. You see what Jehoshaphat's doing in a moment of battle is he's choosing to go to God's track record rather than his circumstance and speak it over his situation. He's choosing to go to God and go, let me look at what you've done before. Let me look at your track record. Let me see the miracles you've done. And he lists them and he lists them. And suddenly when you proclaim the goodness of your God and declare what he's done, faith arises. Because suddenly when you do that, fear shrinks, faith goes up. When you proclaim, it changes everything. Declaration and proclamation stirs faith in your life. It sounds like he's reminding God of what he's done, but he isn't. He's reminding himself of who his God is. See, in a moment when you face a battle, the enemy will whisper in your ear, going, you can't do it. You can't do it. And you go, yeah, I can't. But I know someone who can. I know someone who can. And his name's Jesus Christ. You see, you were never meant to carry the weight of the world. Because a guy called Jesus, 2,000 years ago, carried a cross. And when he carried that cross, he carried your battle 
He carried your struggle. He carried your need. Faith is the antidote to fear. And faith comes by hearing the Word of God. That's straight from the Bible, Romans 10, 7. The faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Are you shaken? You can sit down, you can sit down. Are you shaken? Are you scared? Are you going through the hardest time of your life? Then my friends, you've got to proclaim the goodness of God over your situation. And the only way, there's no other way to do it by declaring the goodness of God straight from the book of books, the Bible. You're thinking, Joel, you don't know my situation. There's nothing in the Bible for me. I promise you there is. Let me give you some. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Not some things. Not just the small things. I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. Joshua 1.9, do not be afraid or discouraged for I, the Lord your God, will be with you wherever you go. It's not a maybe. It's not a might He be with you. It's not He's just with you in the good days. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be with you. Romans 8.37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. James 4, 8, draw near to God and He will. There it is again. He will draw near to you. Romans 8, 11, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are never a maybe. You are with me. To get battle ready, you've got to proclaim and declare who your God is. 2 Chronicles 20, 14 to 18. We're coming into land with this bad boy. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jezel as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. That's a word for someone. You've been doing it all alone. You've been doing it in your own strength. And you're going, God, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. And he's going, it's okay. You don't have to because it's not yours it's mine I'll carry it just give it over for the battle is not yours but God's tomorrow march down against them you will not have to fight this battle take your position stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Point number four, if you're going to get battle ready, is you've got to prophesy. You've got to prophesy. It's like an old-fashioned thing I know, and you're like, Joel, what's it mean? Get a word from God. 
What's He saying to you? What's He speaking to you? What's He saying about your situation? What's He saying that you should be speaking over it? The power of life and death in the tongue. So if you ain't gonna speak what God's got for you, stop speaking. Some of you, your battle's getting worse because you keep declaring death over it. You keep declaring death over your mental health, over your sickness, over how you feel. And God's going, just come to me because I'll give you a word to speak. You gotta prophesy, you gotta prophesy. Declare, get a word from God and then prophesy it. We tap into the prophetic when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we go to a whole different realm. We see good things from God's perspective rather than our own perspective. God's speaking, but are we positioning ourselves to hear from Him? Or are we getting distracted by the noise of the enemy on our doorstep? Block out the noise and turn to the whisper. We are in London just on our way here and we were on what's called the underground, the tube, and it's busy and it's noisy and it's and it's going and it's going and it's going and it's loud. And Amy tried to speak to me and I was like, I can't hear you. I can't, I can't hear what you're saying. And the only way I could get close to hear her was by tuning into the whisper and drawing close to her voice. And when God speaks to us, sometimes it's just like a whisper. And we get so distracted by the enemy and the noise that we miss out on what God's speaking to us about the situation. Jehoshaphat would have heard the enemy. They were at En Gedi. They were on his doorstep. They were, they were just a little bit away. He would have heard them, but instead of listening to that, he tuned in with the rest of his people and he listened to what God was saying. You've got to prophesy. Two Chronicles. 20, 20 to 25. This is the day of the battle. King Jehoshaphat has realized he's going to have to go out and face this thing. He's prepared in four ways already. And there's one more way he's got to prepare that he knows he's got to prepare with. As they set out for the battle, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me. Have faith in your Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets that you will be successful. After consulting the people, once again, he gets his people and goes, how should we deal with this? After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they began to sing, hey! As they begin to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men who were invading the land of Judah and they were, not maybe they were, not perhaps they were, they were defeated. The Ammonites rose up against the Moabites and against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Mount Seir, they destroyed one another. 
if you're going to get battle ready, if you're going to see a victory in your life, if you're going to overcome the impossible situation you're going through, my friends, the fifth way you're going to prepare is by praising. It's by praising. Praise is a precursor to your victory. It comes before the miracle. A lot of people think they praise because after God's broken through. But the reality is we praise before because He's worthy of all of our praise. Praise is a weapon. Praise is what brought the killer strike to the enemy. Praise helps us take our eyes on our situation and fix them on our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Imagine, I see this so much. Imagine if it was your self-consciousness that was becoming between you and your miracle. Imagine if it was worrying about lifting your hands because of what the person next to you thinks or how you might look or jumping in praise because of what others might say about you. My friends, do not let that self-consciousness get in the way between you and a miracle. Judah didn't know that their praise would bring a miracle, but they praised Him anyway because of how great their God is. It doesn't make sense how the army was defeated. What army rises up against itself and defeats itself? What enemy rises up against itself and defeats itself? But praise opens the door to the supernatural victory in our lives. Hebrews 13, 15, though through Him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge His name. You've got to acknowledge the name of Jesus in the midst of your battle. Praise is the precursor to your victory. And it's all through the Bible. Israel praised and the walls of Jericho fell down. Paul and Silas praised in a prison. And the prison doors flung open, the chains dropped off of them. Judah praised and suddenly the enemy was defeated. None of them felt like it. All of their situations looked bad, but they knew. They knew God's track record. They knew what He'd done before. They knew what He was going to do in the future because of who He was. So they chose, no matter what they're going through, no matter what they're facing, they're going to praise. So it's time to respond in a moment like this. It's time for us every single one of us, from youth leader to young person, to high schooler, to middle schooler, to to everyone in the room. It's time for us to make a choice to get battle ready. Because we're all facing a battle. We've either been through one, going through one, or we're coming up on one. But we don't do it in our own ability and strength. We do it with the one who is for us, with us, and working on our behalf. So how are you going to respond to the battle you're facing? We're going to respond in a few different ways tonight. But the first thing that I want to do is pray for a group of people in the room and you don't know Jesus. As I've been speaking, you've been going, that's cool. 
This sounds amazing. But, but I don't know Jesus. This is my first time in church or I've been coming to church for a while, but I've, I just never had that relationship. You sat there and you're going, I want to get bad already. I want to see victory, but I, I don't even know Jesus. Well, it's okay, my friends, because Jesus knows you. Because He died for you on a cross 2,000 years ago and as He hung there and said, it is finished, He was thinking of you. And the amazing thing is that Jesus is just one prayer away, one decision away from coming into your life. Jesus died so we could live freely, so we could live in victory. And He wants relationship with you. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to be brave in this moment. I'm going to count down from three. And if you're going, you know what? I've tried everything else. I've tried the good stuff. I've tried the bad stuff. I've tried everything in between. But I just need someone to help me. My friends, it's Jesus Christ who's only going to help you. I'm going to count down from three and you're going to be brave. You're going to put your hand in the air and say, that's me. I need Jesus. Every eye closed right now, every head bowed. This is a moment of privacy. This is between you and God. It's not about the person next to you. It's not about the person behind you. It's not about the person you came with. Every eye closed, head back. I'm going to count down. If this is you, I want you to be bold and lift your hand. In three, God loves you. He's for you. He created you. In two, no one's too far gone. No one's too far gone from the love of God. He's just one decision away from coming into your life. In one, lift your hand right now if that's you. Lift your hand right now if that's you. Hands going up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands going up all over the place. Yeah, hands going up. Don't miss this chance. Keep your hand up as a bold declaration that you are following Jesus Christ. Hands going up. Five more seconds. Don't miss this chance. Three more seconds. It's time to get right with Jesus. One more second. You can put your hand down. We're going to pray this prayer. Everyone together, you're going to repeat this with me as the people gather together. Repeat this, dear Lord Jesus. Come on, everyone in Bridge Youth together, we're going to pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're real. And I can see now that you love me. I know I'm not perfect and I've made some mistakes, but right now I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross for me and that you rose from the dead. I want to stop living my way and I want to invite you into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and as my Saviour. From now on, my life is yours and I want to live for you Amen. Come on, give Him praise. That's the best decision. Come on now, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Come on, He loves you. He's for you. He created you. He's going to change your life from this moment. Every person stand to your feet. Every person stand to your feet. We're all going to respond now. 
For some of you, you made that decision. You put your hand up saying, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. You're going to respond to this bit as well. Because you're thinking, I've got some battles that I need some prayer for. We're going to put into action what we've already talked about. Five ways of preparing for battle. We're going to put into action. We're going to pray. We're going to gather together as the people of God. We're going to proclaim the goodness of God and His track record. For some of you, you're going to get prophesied over and going to get words that are going to speak into your situation. And we're going to praise the King of kings and Lord of lords. But I want to be specific about some battles that you're going through. I feel like God spoke to me about this as I was preparing this message. We're going to pray for these things. If this is one of you, I'm going to count down again. You're going to come to the front. The team are going to come pray. We've got the prayer areas either side. It might get a bit messy because I think there's going to be a lot of us that are going to respond in this moment. Some of you are going to come forward because there's a battle in your family and in your relationships and it seems impossible. Something has been going on at home for too, too long and you've just become used to it. Tonight's the night. I believe you're going to get freedom. For some of you, some relationships you're in you just know that they're pulling you down. Tonight's the night. You're going to be set free and you're going, to, you're going to win victory. For some of you, the battle with the past is raging in your mind. What you've done, where you've been, the things you've done in your life, and you can't let go of it, and you're beating yourself up, and the enemy's whispering, and it's a battle, it's a battle. Tonight's the night. You're going to be set free. Some memories are going to be gone. You're going to make new memories. Some stuff of the past needs to be left tonight. For some of you, it's sickness, physical sickness. And it's a battle you're going through. And I want to pray with you tonight. I want to lay hands on you because I believed that by His stripes, by Jesus Christ's stripes, we are healed. We saw it in Doug's life. And I believe tonight we're going to see it again. For some of you, it's in your mental health. You've battled too long with anxiety and depression. Tonight's the night it's going. Because I believe he's a healer. It's a battle in the mind. For some of you, this is the last one. It's a battle with unforgiveness. And this is a painful one. Because I've been through it as well. Someone's done something. Or they've said something to you. And it's change the way you see yourself and you see your life and unforgiveness is like a poison if you don't let go of it it will poison your life I've seen it in my life I've seen it in others lives when they don't choose to forgive it poisons you and I believe tonight you some of you are going to come forward and you're going to say I choose to forgive this person or that person or five people and I believe you're going to be set free tonight they're the things I got from God Family and relationships, you're going to get battle, you're going to break through. The past, sickness, physical and mental health, and unforgiveness. But some of you might be going, I've got a battle, you haven't even named it, Joel. You couldn't imagine it. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night we see victory. That you're going to prepare for battle, you're going to go to battle, and as you praise and pray and proclaim and gather your people and prophesy, you're going to see a victory. So I'm going to count down. And it's going to get messy. But we're going to do some business with God. In three, if this is you, if this is you, this is the night. Don't let the enemy hold you back. 
In two, I believe in a God of victory and breakthrough. In one, if that's you, come to the front right now. Come to the front right now. Don't worry what people are thinking. Come to the front right now. This is the night. Come on, we're going to see some breakthrough tonight. We're going to see some breakthrough tonight. Keep coming, keep coming. It's filling up. It's going to get messy. Don't worry about the people to your left and right looking at me. Don't worry about the people around you. Okay. This is a moment. This is the moment. And some of you might have come thinking, I don't really, I kind of think this might be me. This is the moment. I made a decision when I was 16 years old to respond in a moment like this. And let me tell you, I was suffering with depression and anxiety. My mental health was all over the place. I believed I wasn't good enough. I wasn't enough. And it was a battle I was facing. And the enemy said, you can't do it. The enemy said, you're not good enough. And I said, I might not be able to do it, but I've heard of someone who can. And I made a choice to walk forward in a moment like this and get prayed for. And I was set free forever. Healed and set free. So I want you to close your eyes right now. And I want you to lift your hands. It's a sign of surrender going, God, I can't, but you can. And team, you can come start praying for these guys. And I'm going to pray as well. And then we're going to go into worship. And it's going to be a mixture of worship and prayer and declaring and prophesying. Okay. 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 Father God, right now. If you're down the front, you start praying as well. There's power in your prayers. And the team are going to come pray for you. We're going to try and pray for you, all of you right now. Father God, right now, right now, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare breakthrough right now. We declare that the enemy be gone and victory come. Right now we pray over mental health. Right now, over those battling in their mind, battling in their mental health, we declare right now healing in the name of Jesus. We believe by your stripes we are healed. So right now we declare healing in the name of Jesus. For those battling at home with their family right now, we pray for breakthrough and victory in relationships, relationships that are pulling us down. We say be gone in the name of Jesus. Right now, for those battling a physical illness, in the name of Jesus, healing. The name above all names, we declare it, we prophesy it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep declaring. If you're at the front and you've not been prayed for, just keep your hand up. We're going to try and get team to you. But we're going to go into worship right now. And we're going to keep praying and worshiping in this moment. In Jesus' name.
getting ready to sing a part of this song that is exactly what Joel was just talking about. It's this, it's this praise, it's the prayer, but it's also prophecy. And I think that praise really is the prerequisite and the precursor to victory and breakthrough. Here's one of the things I like about this song. Joel's church wrote this song. This song came from his church. And when we were there, we thought this was such an amazing breakthrough song that we we're gonna bring it back home. But there's for some of you, what you need to do is you need to take prayer that was just prayed over you. Now you need to start proclaiming it for yourself. Because there'll be times in your faith, in your walk, in your journey, where you don't have Pastor Joel with his beautiful British accent hyping you up and, and preaching at you when you're all alone in your room and you're struggling with the real stuff. So all over this place, I don't want you to sing this. I want you to prophesy this. I want you to proclaim this over your life. But maybe you're proclaiming it over somebody else. So every single person all the way across this room, close your eyes, lift your hands, forget that you're in a crowded room and sing this out from the depths of your heart. I'll dance on disappointment. Let's go. Dance on disappointment. I know you're not finished yet. I will praise you in every trial. Jesus, you're my yeah, yeah. confidence. Come on, let's go. Lift it up. I will trust you in the waiting for your promises. Come on, prophesy this. You never fail. Come on, let's go. Let's go. You
want to encourage you right here in this moment. If you are still seeking prayer, we have our prayer stations open. We have leaders there that are ready to pray with you. If you still are needing prayer, if you're still needing breakthrough, if you're still needing to see a work of God in your life tonight, don't miss the opportunity. Do not leave here if there is still something on your heart. So go to the prayer stations, find a leader. Okay, we're going to sing this song. We're going to keep singing all hail King Jesus. But find a leader, find a friend, find breakthrough in prayer. All right, here we go.
on every hand lifted in this place, give him praise. Give Jesus some praise. That's good. I wanted to take a minute just to pray for one of those specific things. I feel like God's put it on my heart to pray for those who need to forgive someone. I cannot express to you the power that unforgiveness can have over our life if we let it. And when I said the words unforgiveness, I could just see in the room some people flinch a little bit because you feel the pain of that person who said those words over you. You feel the betrayal of that person who let you down, who should never have let you down, but they did. You feel the pain of a relationship that was broken and trust that was broken. And I brought Amy, who's going to pray over you. I want her to share a second about something and she's going to pray over you. And she's going to get you to lift your hand if it's you we're praying for, because I really want to specifically pray over this. Let me say this. The enemy will try and convince you you have to live with this. You don't. There is freedom. Jesus died so that you could be forgiven and you could forgive others. And I just feel that tonight's the night. I don't want to leave and go back to Manchester without looking at you and praying for you if this is you. So Amy's going to lead us in this moment. I want to encourage you, be brave. It might hurt as you lift your hand going, I've never, I've never acknowledged this, but I need to forgive that person. When I, when I was 19, I was in a room like this. And um, I had a food allergy that I was living with for 10 years. And we would do moments where we'd come to the front and we would pray for healing. And I would discount myself from coming to the front because I thought that I could just live around it. And I think some of the people in this room today, you're living around your unforgiveness. This thing's happening in your life and you're like, God, it's fine, I've got it covered. I don't need to hand this over to you because my life is okay as I'm existing right now. But what I realized when I came forward and I was finally healed from my food allergy after 10 years was actually I was missing out freedom that God had got for me without even realizing it and some of you in the room today you are living around this unforgiveness and actually God's like just give it to me hand it over to me you don't know what is on the other side of that but it is a freedom that you would never experience any other way that you can't find on your own so right now with every eye closed across the room and like Joel said, this is a very brave thing to do right now. But if you feel, I want everybody across the room, eyes closed, because we want to respect to the people. And you feel like actually, yeah, I'm carrying some unforgiveness towards maybe a parent, maybe a sibling, maybe someone in school that's not been very nice to you. In this moment, I'd like you just to raise your hand. Amazing. I'm just going to pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you that you love every single young person. 
And Father God, I thank you, especially right now for the people that they've got their hands raised saying, God, will you take this unforgiveness from me? And Holy Spirit, I just pray right now in this moment that you would just work a miracle that you would just start healing things in their heart that is pain. When they think about that person, I pray right now that there would just be a healing work that is done. That supernaturally, I pray that you would just suck out any poison that is in them that is kind of preventing them from living in the forgiveness that you've got for them. And I just pray right now that they would just forgive this person. Right now where you are, I just declare just declare that you forgive. Say the person's name. I forgive I forgive this person. Holy Spirit, I forgive this person. And Father God, I pray that you would meet every single young person where they're at, that you would just fill them right now full of your presence and that they would experience your peace, your love, your grace, your joy, your kindness in a way that they've never experienced before, God. I pray that there would be a fullness of life right now in a way that they've never experienced before, that they go back home, that they go into school and there's something different about them because they walk in the forgiveness that you've got for them. Father God, I thank you that you forgive us first so we can forgive other people. And right now, I just declare freedom all across this room. Amen. Can you just join me in thanking Joel and Amy Richards for being with us tonight? We are so, so grateful for you guys. So, so grateful. And we want you to know if you made the decision to follow Christ, we want you to know that you're not going to walk that out alone. We want to walk it out with you. We want to connect you with the leader. And we also want to connect you with some videos that are going to help you walk out the next seven days. Because I'm telling you. We don't just meet God at Bridge Youth on Wednesday nights or on Sunday mornings. We're talking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Like every day, God wants to meet you. And so we want to walk out these steps. They're just some videos that um, Corey put together that just gives you some basic instruction for the next seven days. So the way that you can get those videos is you can DM us at BridgeYTH underscore. We will connect you with a leader. We will invite you to connect groups on Sunday, and we will get you those next seven days. So if you gave your life to Jesus, we just want to congratulate you and say that's the best decision you could have ever made and we are for you and we are about it and we are so excited to see all that God would do in and through you hey who's enjoyed being here tonight who's enjoyed this night man God did some work and we got one more order of business we got one more thing we got to do praise is the precursor to breakthrough so what we're going to do we're going to go out with one last song of praise. We plan for two, we're going to do one. We're going to go out one more song of praise. And I think that tonight, for some of you, you're like, you always see the middle people go nuts and you're on the side like, hmm, looks, looks nice, but I could never. Why not? Because who knows how people might think of me. All right, on the count of three, everybody just jump as high as you can. One, two, three. Look, y'all can jump. Now, here's the thing. Some of you, like Joel said, your breakthroughs not come because you're over here too worried about what other people are going to think or say. And what praise does is it takes the attention off of you and it puts it on God. Praise is the thing that says it's not about me. It's about you, God. So if you're not even in a place or a position to praise like you want to in a moment, just do this. Press forward. Find your spot. Nobody... In this well, this is we don't call this a mosh pit, we call this a praise pit. We actually stole that from Audacious. So 
nobody falling, nobody, anything like that. But I'm going to pray one last prayer of victory, and we're going to go out praising. God, I pray every single person, every person who walked in here bound is leaving with freedom. Every single person who had a battle has now got victory. So what we're going to do right now is we are going to praise you for the victory that's on its way because we know we've already won. Therefore, we're now battle ready. In Jesus' name, everyone said, come on, let's praise. Come on, y'all, let's let out some praise tonight. Hope is broken, free spirit alive, and freely moving joy. Unspeakable has won my heart, now I'm running wild. I can feel it coming in the air. Freedom love is Broken, free, spirit alive And freely moving joy Unspeakable 